Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody. My name is Teresa Kitchens, and welcome to Power Women in Insurance. Today, I have a powerhouse with us, Danielle Smith. Danielle, how are you doing today? I am excellent. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, listeners, we're coming to have this conversation in a little bit of a crazy time in insurance, a little bit of crazy time in the world. Today is March 24, 2020, and we are in the middle of this uh, coronavirus mayhem and craziness. So just to give everybody a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, snippet as to point in time, you know, that unique point in time that I think that, uh, that we're actually being able to connect today. So, but I am super excited that amongst everything you have taken the time to uh, join us today and thank you so much for your time. How are you guys uh, doing with everything over there? Well, like I mentioned to you, I think, uh, when I started the year, I had a tag line of with my team was pivot with purpose and positivity. Um, it shines super bright with what we're going through right now. Um, we were supposed to move twice into our new building last Monday. And instead I'm asking them to do a third move this year and they moved home. So uh, it continues to be pivot with purpose and positivity and that the message to our clients and to our team and to our agencies is that we are here to serve and there's no time better now to shine than through this type of situation that everybody's going through and that we need to be always mindful of being kind to others. Uh, There's a lot of stress going on um, in the background. If we're talking and there's a voice, it may be my children in the background. We are now homeschooling. Yes. as well. So, so we, not only you working we from home, you're homeschooling, <laughs> and you got people in transit, and all this other stuff. So welcome to uh, to a craziness of the you know the testing out that that pivot with purpose and positivity, testing out that motto this year. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I think that's fabulous. So tell me a little bit about how you got into the insurance industry, why that makes you who you are today, and just let us get to know you a little bit. I was like at heart since I was a kid, an entrepreneur. I even, um, when I was in junior high, I got a bunch of friends uh, to start doing babysitting gigs and got overrides on it. So they <laughs> started that way and also cleaning. I didn't like to clean. Like, I was good at going and getting the cell. And so I even did summer camp. And so um, by the time I, you know, graduated from college, I had uh, – you know, graduated from high school, I should say, I had money in the bank to pay for college. And I bought my first home when I was 20 because of the things I did as an entrepreneurial child. And my parents were like, good luck with college, figure it out kind of thing. So I knew I needed to really, really work hard to um, figure out how to have an education for myself. And they were supportive, of course, and, you know, my education, it just financially didn't work out for them. And there was four of us that were four years apart. So they had four teenagers at one time. So you just don't question that when people have four teenagers at one time. Um, But I feel like I really uh, made an impact on the person that I am. I got a degree in elementary education with a minor in special ed. I taught sixth grade um, for a number of years. And on the side, I had a wedding business that did event decor. And I made more on a weekend than I did all month teaching. Um, So I was still an entrepreneur um, in that sense. And I just realized with uh, teaching, uh, I really wanted, and this was 17 years ago, 
uh, in 2003, I wanted to create a virtual classroom. So I was way ahead of my time and my principal fought me. And I thought, I can't do the things I need to do for the people that I'm supposed to serve. Um, that was a frustrating point for me. So I thought maybe I need to look at a different career. And so I did a side by side of the things that I wanted. And I came up with real estate, mortgage companies, and uh, insurance. And I looked at insurance, residual income. And I realized I didn't even understand what uh, limits I had for my right. auto and my home insurance at that time. So it's like, I think there's an educational moment uh, that we can have with um, clients out there. And I thought I was the perfect person to deliver that. So I started off as a captive agent with country companies. They then started really transitioning to country financials uh, and they started really pushing life insurance. Well, I was a PNC girl, like at heart. Like, so for me, life insurance, I believe in it. I still sell it today, but I really wanted to go down that PNC um, mm. path. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to work with an investment group that the carrier, the company I worked with didn't have any type of coverage that they could offer to them. So that's when I started looking at the independent side and seeing if I wanted to do it. The thing that pushed me over the edge was I was also, as any entrepreneurial mama will tell you, a lot of us plan to get pregnant like three years beforehand. <laughs> and I already had a son and I was planning for the next son and it had been quite a while between it. And I said, I told the manager at country that, hey, in a year, I'm going to have a kiddo and here's my plan. I'm not going to take any time when I have my kid. I'll work up until then. I'm going to take two weeks off and I'm going to work from home. Um, and don't worry, I won't miss a beat. And he said, well, good luck with that. Any female that's ever had a baby never makes it. And really? um, I said, you know what? I said, I will make it. I'm not worried about it. I just need to know what your guys' policy is and standards that you have and what's your expectations. I'm telling you my plan, but if my plan doesn't fit with what you guys do, then, you know, I need to kind of figure or readjust my plan or figure out what I'm doing with you guys. And I said, I'm just trying to be transparent and plan ahead. And I think a lot of women have that moment where they're trying to do what they need to do to plan a family, but plan how to still have a career. And that was a turning point for me. And he said, well, you'll have to still make your numbers when you get back. And if you don't, we'll fire you. I was his top agent at the time. Wow. And I was like, you have no worries about my numbers. And I said, I don't think this should be a conversation that we're, we're having. And he said, again, good luck, no one's been able to do it. So that was a training point for me. I had already kind of trying to research independent agencies. And I decided from that point forth that I was going to go independent. And I was lucky, I found my business stand, dad, uh, Ken Walters, and uh, he gave me a shot with CLI and uh, gave me an opportunity to start an agency from my house. And I am forever grateful for that, but it kind of put a fire in me. So I'm like super thankful. Any of the people that say that you can't do something, I'm always like, oh, you have no idea what you started. Like there's a fire in me now. <laughs> and I'm going to you, right? Yeah, it was awesome. So I'm always thankful for that. I'm like, okay, now I know the direction I need to go. And sometimes that's just what we need. We need that kick in the booty of where we need to go. And for me, it was that I was going to go independent and that I would help other uh, women along the way to give the message that you can have a career and have a family. Um, there's trade-offs, there's decisions, and that just because someone tells you you can't do something 
Don't look at it as an insult. You should know yourself, be confident in yourself, and just say thank you to them. So I wrote him a thank you note and put it in a card and stacked up all of my files in his office and just said, I'm leaving every client behind. Thank you for the push forward to my future. And that's all I did. So sometimes you got to be thankful for your detractors. I call it you have um, benefactors, and I call them minifactors. Um, sometimes um, as well, they're men, um, but those are the ones that help you in your career. Um, and then there are detractors and let the, the benefactors and benefactors be the ones that always shine in your heart and push you and propel you forward. Wow. I love that. I have a, I have a similar story in the fact that my undergrad's elementary education as well. And I think it gives us, as far as running a team, a different perspective, uh, a real strong and in sales as well, a, a really, really strong educational component. Have you found that that's been a, a strong benefit for you? Oh, absolutely. I always tell my clients and even our agencies that we work with is that I ask three questions and that's so I can learn about you so that I can help you to the best of my ability. And that is, where have you been before with your insurance or your agency? Where are you right now? And where do you want to go? And as soon as you can listen to them first and know what it is that where they're at, all of the the things that they may have negative in their mind about whether it be um, the insurance product or we are, you know, a group or a group um, that they've had before preconceived ideas, they're going to give you that. And then I ask them, I'm going to, it's kind of like back to the lesson plans. Like you got to create the images. And that is, I say, I, I need you to pack the baggage that you have. And I'm going to p- tell you to put that above you. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a journey to where that baggage isn't going to get off the plane with you anymore. And mm. so that's the type of journey I try to take um, clients through and then our agencies through. They've had pain points with insurance before. And then they have ideas of where they are and where they want to go. And we just need to basically create the vehicle um, or airplane and take them on that journey. So I totally use the visualizations and take it down and break it down to a lesson plan. No, I, I think like it's fabulous. And it's a good way because different people, as you know, different people relate to different things on different levels, you know, so you have the visual, you have the auditory, you know, and, you know, it really connects, connects I'm sure, with a lot of people where they're at. And that's really the key to helping people make that transition. I think that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about what tools you use during that transition to be able to put you where you are, maybe what struggles maybe you had, maybe what successes along the way. And tell me kind of how, because you have such a great um, focus with the idea of the benefactors and the benefactors. And I love that positivity and that positive focus. So tell me kind of what that journey has been like as far as like the actual building of the agency and maybe some tools that you've used to be able to really propel you to where you are today? I think that um, some of the tools that I've used is to not be afraid to test things out. I think Mm -hmm. that early on, uh, so I'm fortunate, my husband's a senior software engineer. And so I would go to him and say, hey, we don't have really web-based tools. And this is back in the day. This is like 2006. And uh, I said, can you help me create some web-based tools? And so not be afraid to try and test something and have it fail and put it out there and know that um, you've got to test it and you got to be agile with it. Mm, and I learned yeah. that a lot from working him in the software industry. Uh, they do that very, very well. Um, they're cool with failing. 
Uh, and I always say, is your ego in the way or is your ego out of the way of making something happen? And usually it's the ego that gets in the way of things because yeah. like I tell my, I ask my team that and I ask my team if there is a problem, like if something's not working, um, come with me with, you know, not two problems, which is the original problem and then your attitude and no solutions. Come with the problem and then two solutions that you've either tried or that you may want to try. And let's have a discussion about that. So I think that's a huge thing, but you need to have those conversations with yourself too. And that is that is my attitude a problem. We have this problem as a team. You may be frustrated. Let's say somebody calls out sick and now you've got to refactor things and um, figure out what your next step is, or you have to go work virtual, right? It's a problem. Mm -hmm. But if you are stressed and you are worried about it, you have now brought two problems to your team. And then if you don't have any solutions on it, then they do not believe in you. They will not follow you. So you need to really, really focus on what are the solutions and not the problems as well. So we, you know, if you expect it from your team, you got to expect it from yourself. So that's the biggest thing in that I celebrate all of my failures. I look past, I look at my past and I think about how much that helps me with other agencies and understanding the pain points they're going through. I'm like, oh yeah, I totally, totally wrecked that up. Like, I did a horrible job. Here's what I did. Don't do that. Um, here's the things I've learned from it. And, and just be like, but I'm, but then I turn around and I say, I am thankful for that. Here's why I am thankful for that. And it goes back to, you know, the, the negative comment of my previous manager. It really does. I think that's the greatest lesson. I think I took it so personally for so long and so many years that it got in the way of really doing the things I needed for my business. So it's not really the technology side, I'd say you've got to adapt, be adaptable, but it also ties into your management skills as you grow, and there's going to be setbacks too. Um, and so you got to ride those setbacks. You also have to recognize momentum. And right. that is sometimes when you have momentum, we tend to go, oh, this is awesome. And we stop doing the things we should be doing that got us the momentum. So then we got to recycle and get the momentum back again. Mm. And that's something else that I've learned through the, the years is that don't let the momentum die. Like right now we have a lot of momentum with my agency location and then our group as a whole. And, and it's more of how do you lean in more with what you were doing and not be afraid of all these other external factors that you cannot control and let them completely take you over. Mm. And so you've got to lean in with what you were doing. You may have to, like we said, pivot and change yep. it a little bit. But don't lean out. You're going to lose the momentum. That's my greatest fear with my, the agencies I work with right now, that they will be afraid to do some of the things that have made them successful. You can tweak it and maybe make it a web type of version um, right. that is applicable and still keep going with the, that momentum. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Absolutely. And it, it is that adjustment. And as we go through the periods of 
life and I mean not just life life but you know like insurance and careers and so forth we do have to adjust but we have to make sure that we maintain and we keep those really successful points that really worked well for us if that's connection if that's you know um working with certain types of industries whatever it is that we have found success with doesn't mean that it's going to look the same in the next five years or ten years or one year even but just the ability to grow but yet to keep the good things i think that's one thing that as business owners especially with an entrepreneurial spirit we we are always moving on to kind of the next cool thing and sometimes i forget to keep all the really great things that I've already have in place. And I just kind of let those things kind of fall back or fall to the wayside. And it is about that consistency, but always improving them and growing with them. And, you know, like you mentioned about technology, right? Taking what works, maybe automating it, maybe moving it into the future. But then it's also just about maximizing what it is that we do really, really well. And like you said, leaning into it. I really like that. Leaning into what really works. I think that's great. Now I know that you also have uh, Wise. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that, and uh, how did that get started? So it got started. Oh, I think it was almost three and a half years ago. Almost, yeah, about three and a half years ago. I was really thinking about the fact that there wasn't a lot of groups for women out there that could help other women in the industry, and so. I started looking into it and I found a group and it was basically a bunch of women getting together and whining and whining. And <laughs> I was like, I do not want to join a men, men haters club. Yep. And so I was like, no, I, I'm just, like I said, I have men factors in my life that have helped me. Um, one being my husband, my business dad, and then other people in the industry. And I was like, I wanted no part of that. As soon as that conversation happened, I physically got up paid for my drink and left that group. And I was wow. like, there is to be something better than that. And I thought it was really important for men and women to both understand that there are personal pressures that are on both of us that are very inherently different of how we navigate our careers within um, insurance or any industry. And I wanted to bring light to that. And I wanted to bring light to the fact that um, there are some type of behaviors that were acceptable of how you treat women and expectations on us. And that wasn't all men. Like I wanted to celebrate the men that were helping us. And then the ones that were the sponsors that were pushing us down, I wanted to let them know that these type of messages were not okay. Um, I do have to say that through my career, like I said, the people that have been the detractors have also, I've been thankful for them because they've gotten me in the right direction. Um, but, I mean, there's simple comments that are made to women all the time, like you shouldn't wear this type of clothing, um, yep. you know, and I'm a curvy girl. I can't help it. So it <laughs> doesn't matter what I wear. <laughs> it's not going to change that. And I'm yep. embracing who I am and that I, a man should never comment on that to a female. And that's just a, you know, an example of it. Um, a, a woman needs to realize the place and time for clothing as far as what you should wear, but so should men. Like men, like like we did a, a Zoom meeting and someone was wearing their boxers to it. So, oh my you know, a man, shouldn't, a man shouldn't wear their boxers to a Zoom meeting. So it's no. the same thing for females too. I mean, you're going to comment on that, but if a female's wearing a dress and they happen to be curvy, you shouldn't comment on it. This is not the place and time. So I feel like there could be open dialogues and conversations about that and then giving resources for women um, to be able to have conversations openly and say, hey, my transition, 
you know, into motherhood wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. Or mm. even on the other spectrum is that I have, um, we're, we tend to be the caretakers of our parents. And so yeah. that conversation that you're having too. And also recognizing um, a couple of years ago, we added uh, paternity leave to our uh, employee manual. And that in all fairness, that men should have that time too, to bond yeah. with their kids as well. And so giving equal weight to some of the things that we may not recognize for men too. So um, I had the unique opportunity to speak um, about five times a year with the carriers uh, about women's issues. And I've been very honored to do that. We've done retreats, small retreats with women. Um, I have a cabin up north here in Arizona. And it's been awesome to be able to have the time with them to really focus and help each other um, with our careers, look at some of the things that we may prevent ourselves. Like women, we need yes. to get out of our own way. We need yes. to really recognize where we're creating the wall and really say, I don't want that wall in front of me um, and, and not play a victim card. I don't ever feel like I have ever been a victim. I have been mistreated. There right. is a difference, totally. but I will be a victim, you know? And so that's some of the things that I really wanted to have women embrace. But then I've been really blessed. The men have been awesome. Some of them come to me and said, Hey, one of my um, team members, don't, they, they're lacking confidence. I totally believe in them. And mm -hmm. so what can we do? And one specific example, um, I got this agency owner and he doesn't curse at all. And I call it the kick-ass moment with your team member. Right. And, and so I told him, I said, you need to talk to her about, you know, go every day and say, I know you can kick ass. Tell me every day how you kicked ass today. And, you know, and if you can do that with a team member, you can raise their confidence. And he's like, okay, I will try it. And he's like, I can't believe you're making me curse. And I can't, I don't know how this can work, but I'm going to trust you. So then uh, four months later, we had an agency council and, and he's a big guy and he comes running down the hall and like bear hugs me. Right. And he's like, thank you so much. She's my leading like team player now. And it totally worked. She's like, he's like, I'm just going to kick ass with all my teams from now oh, on. Funny. He was super excited. So to be able to break down the barriers of how we can communicate and lift each other up, that wasn't a men against women type of thing. He wasn't trying to, um, she could have said, you know, hey, I'm going to put a wall up and you're, you know, yeah. trying to talk to me. You really wanted to lift her up. And he was able to do that because he took his ego out of the way and said, how can I help her? And he asked me that question and he actually followed the advice too. That's awesome. That is awesome. So I love how your message is empowering women and people who are surrounded by women, right? And with people who support women and, and helping women to be able to achieve that. Tell me um, a little bit about maybe a moment in your day and your time that you really, where did, where did kind of that, I mean, I know that, that, that time that you had where that was kind of, was that kind of one of your pivotal moments where um, you know, you, you had to be able to say, Hey, I, how scary was that to be able to walk away from that security of being that top sales producer, that top salesperson to go independent, even though I know you've been talking about it, thinking about it for a while to be able to get on out there and do that. What advice would you give other women who are ready to be able to make that change? That's really just a change of lifestyle to go on out there and get what they want and to achieve what they want. And maybe to step off that ledge and just really be able to take that step forward. 
Yeah, I think for me was I knew that I wanted to first, I think first and foremost, tell your believers, the people that will believe in you, your benefactors, and make sure they know. Make mm. sure they know because they will lift you up. They will make you accountable. My husband has been that person for me for every every part of my career with insurance. And he has told me, he's like, you're a diamond in the rough. Whatever you can do, you're going to shine. You just got to realize that sometimes it's going to take some work and it's going to take some polish, right? So mm. have somebody like that that's going to do that. On the other hand, he also helped keep me accountable when I doubted myself. Mm. He said, no, like you're that. going to do this. So find someone, it may be yourself, it may be friends. Like I reached out to a couple of friends in the industry um, and one was a male, one was a female. And I told them, here's what I want to do. And, and I like to put like big goals out there. I like to say it out loud. I like to push myself and I like people to make me accountable because I will work my booty off to go and achieve it. And if I don't tell them that, I won't do it as much. I will not be as accountable to myself as I am to other people. Um, so I think that's the first step is to have the people that believe in you when you're going to have your doubts. It's going to be mm-hmm. scary. Um, you're going to have to navigate. But I would find people that you can partner with also from a point of uh, not to have a ditch session with them about it or a complaining session with them, right. but to say, hey, I have this pain point right now in my business. And that you can trust them enough to give you the advice that you need to propel you forward. Have the people around you that push you forward. It's going to be scary. That is gold, though. That is gold. Surround ourselves. You know, they say that you're the you're the product of the top five people that you hang out with, right? And if we hang out with the right people and we really find those people and, and offer true authenticity, I think, through that tribe of people, I think that's exactly what you're talking about, is, is being able to, to really find our tribe be authentic, offer the fact that we need to be held accountable. And there's so much value in that, so much gold in that, because no matter what, that alone is going to help us to be able to achieve so much more than, you know, going and hiding, you know, going and hiding behind, you know, uh, I don't know, a bag of donuts. I don't know. That's what I would do, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. So rather than, you know, going and having a little, little pity party, whenever something happens, you know, being able to have those people that pull you up by your bootstraps, you know, and, and, um, people that are going to go ahead and try to try to get in there and encourage you and being also open to that. And that's really, really key. I think is being open to that advice and open to that, that accountability. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. You have been amazing. If people want to be able to reach on out and connect directly with you, how would they be able to do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my email is ds at clislect.com. And then uh, for WISE, Women Insurance Sharing Empowerment, we have, we have wisewomen.com. Um, or we have WISE, W-I-I-S-E, uh, on Facebook. And um, it's a great platform. It's not just, like I said, it's not just for women. I think we're most proud that most a good portion of our members are men that are willing to have these open conversations. And that's what we should be having. We should be figuring out how to connect in a different way than we have been, um, that the roles are changing for men and women, and that we can get together and work on it. But those are the ways that you could contact me. Awesome. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You have been awesome. And uh, everybody reach on out and connect and everybody have a really great day.